the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings investments in your retirement here at the show. Uh, as always, uh, we, we, we're talking about savings and building up wealth. It, and I think that's one of the keys to, to understand is, is to sit there and put away money for retirement. And by that, what I mean is, is what we want to do is, is we want to sit there and and save as much money as we can through our 401k plan, our 403b, 457, all the type of savings programs. You start out, you get a tax break, and uh, you put away each paycheck. They take the money out of the paycheck. Uh, if you take $100 out of your paycheck or $1,000, you get a deduction for 100 or $1,000 off your taxes, reduces your, your income for the IRS. You get part of the money back at the, <laughs> at the end of the year. And so the government... Is subsidizing your retirement, but not only that. What they what? Not only that, but then it, they allow you to grow tax free over time. This is the best deal out there, and so we want to see more people taking advantage of that. And I think they are. When we started this show back in two thousand and six, we started come up with the ideas of what do we do the radio show on. We started planning in two thousand and five. And at the time, I think September, the savings rate was 2.2%, which was catastrophic. And some of, some of the savings rates were even showing negative savings rates. And, and no country can build up wealth over the long term. When we started the show, we talked about the savings rate in China, which was gigantic, the savings rate in Japan. And here we had a 2.2 savings rate in the U.S. And we talked about the importance of saving money. Since then, the savings rate has gone up. It's, it's moved up to averages about 7%. And recently, uh, it, it hit uh, it, 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 in June, uh, actually, July this year, June, July is 17.8. It's coming down because, remember, a lot of cities are still in lockdown, particularly up in the Democratic-controlled areas. And so people are still saving more money. But people are also paying out credit cards in this crisis. The American people are responding. And that's what's been so remarkable about the the. Uh, the coronavirus uh, outbreak is is how the American people have reacted. I mean, we've moved very swiftly. We've got somewhere between 10 and 20 vaccines in trials right now moving forward. We've, we're actually pre-making the the, uh, the manufacturing plants. We've pre-ordered the glass vials. Uh, we've, we've done everything we can, the injectors, all of that stuff. They're, they're building already, so the minute we get the vaccine, we're going to have it out there. But we, we've made dramatic progress in in, uh, in treating the, the coronavirus. Every day, the death rate goes down. Every day, the hospitalizations go down. And so we're moving forward, which is this is what the American people do, innovate. The Chinese, they shut their economy down. In some cases, they weld people literally into their homes uh, and uh, enact draconian measures. We sit there, innovate. And, and, and figure out how to solve the problem, which is what we've always done, and lead the world as always. And then we have to listen to the rest of the world and everyone else tell us what a horrible country we are, but that's another story. Uh, so, so we're moving forward. Uh, the savings rate is, is, is coming up. 
Uh, the economy is booming. There's shortages everywhere out there uh, of numerous product. Home sales are going up. Uh, it, it, lumber prices are at record highs. They're skyrocketing. Building materials are in short supply. Automobiles are in short supply. Uh, a lot of things are in short supply. I mean, if you go look at the trains crossing the country, uh, they're they're packed. They're 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 packed with containers. Go drive. Go dive down uh, I forty. Uh, you know, between uh, you know east and west in this country, and it is just it it is full of trucks hauling material. And, and, and so the economy is, is, is coming back incredibly strong. I mean, things are still bad up in California and New York and places like that that are in lockdown that claim they're doing so well. Uh, and, and that's something, you know, I, I wanted to talk about. You know, you listen, you listen to these, particularly New York is the best. You know, they're looking down on Texas. They're looking down on everyone. They've got the coronavirus under control over there. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You people are the ones that had the overflowing hospitals. We had to move a ship up there. You had, you know, you're stacking dead bodies in, in freezer trucks. And then you have the audacity to come and tell us that you've done such a good job here. I mean, really? Uh, but it's, it's worse than that. The, you know, the country is opening up. The problem is, is, Parts of the country aren't because it's a big political issue. This is a major political issue. They want to keep the these the cities shut down. They want to see the, keep the the uh, businesses closed down because there's a coronavirus and it, it's so bad. Donald Trump has mismanaged it, and, and and Joe Biden needs to get in there. So these these cities and states they're shutting down. They don't want anyone coming in. They don't want anything. Well, look look at the places that are shut down. Look at Europe. They shut down. Look at England. They should, the, the, the virus keeps coming back. We're opening up the cities in the south, in the Republican areas. We're, we're moving forward. But there's a bigger problem here. So New York and uh, has shrewdly kept their city. They're barely trying to open up. They're struggling. You can eat outside. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just it, it's complete. Uh, it, it's just utterly horrific up there. Uh, in, uh, but they've got it completely under control. There's very little coronavirus. Well, let's take a look at, at debt. The problem is everybody has fled New York City, as we talked about in the show endlessly. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have fled New York City. The wealthiest people have fled the, the, the state. They fled the city. They fled the state in many cases. And uh, same with California. And, 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 and they're moving all over the country to get out of there. It, it, it's uh, California. I was talking to, you know, I'm not going to say who it was, but. A friend of mine works for a tech company uh, out of Silicon Valley, and the, you got the coronavirus, you got the lockdown. There's forest fires burning all over the place out there. The air is horrible. They're flying into Austin to sit there and start working out of Austin because it's so bad in California. I mean, the exact people they're claiming they have it under control, it, it, it is nowhere remotely close. The country is really rapidly changing now. Okay, so these, so what do we have here? We've got some cities that are still in lockdown. Texas has opened up. We're, look, we're struggling through this. People are wearing masks. They're socially distancing. I mean, people are pretty good about that. Uh, and uh, you know, we're moving forward. We're struggling through it. You know what? People forget in some of these lockdown cities. You know, it, it, the most amazing is the schools. And some of these corporations, oh, we can't let anybody back. You know, it's ultra safe. Well, they got no problem having people delivering food to them. They have no problems with people stocking the grocery store. They got no problems with the post people drilling. All those people, the people mowing their lawn, they're all out there working. They're all out in it. And, and these other people, this elite, particularly this elite class that's out there, is out there hiding out and telling everyone else they can't do anything. And yet, but they want everyone to go work for them outside, but they won't take any risk themselves. And, and so they've locked down these cities, I believe, for political purposes. What, what, here's the problem with this. The debt is skyrocketing for cities, for state, and municipalities out there, particularly on the east and west coast. These, country, these, these places are already in really bad shape. Okay, Their, their taxes are very high. They've taxed everything they can. They've got fees on everything. They've got toll roads all over the place. Everywhere they can get a dime from the taxpayer, they've already done it. Now their, their debts are skyrocketing. Yeah, hey, we have debt in Texas. We also have something called a rainy day fund, a unique innovation that evidently they've never heard of on the east or the west coast. These people are in trouble. And then according to some studies I've seen, 
what we're looking at is is the 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 debt levels uh, on this. There's actually a story to uh, have really skyrocketed. They're projecting through June of 2022, uh, 550 billion dollars in deficits for states. 360 billion dollars for cities and towns. It works out to be almost close to a trillion dollars in deficits are going to be run up by these states, municipalities, and cities out there. Uh, and a lot of it is basically they have shot themselves in the foot with these lockdowns, and rather than trying to get people back to work, trying to get the economy moving forward, they've been all hunkered down in emergency mode. Well, what they didn't realize is their taxes were going up. The problem is, is we have discussed in this show since early February, when no one even knew what the coronavirus was in the United States, we said this was a wartime effort. In a wartime effort, you've got to get things out. You've got to get the economy going. You've got to sit there and, 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 and move forward. I mean, we talked about the bombing years ago. That seems like years ago, a number of months back in London, the bombings during World War II. They're bombed every day. What do they do? You know, Churchill goes, look, we've got to keep the country going. We've got to get the, the troops. We've got to fight this war. Move the kids, the children out to the countryside. You people need to be here working. And it was a tough situation. They have not adopted that attitude in the Democratic Party. They have not adopted the attitude on the East and the West Coast, these elite places. Instead, what they did is they all basically looked at it as a political situation. Every time Donald Trump, President Trump, did something to try to help the economy out or help the people out, they would sit there and, you know, talk it down. If, if the cure, potential cure, oh, no, they assured people there was no cure. You had to stay locked up. They're going to end up in massive deficits on these places. See, but we actually had some callers recently ask about City Houston. We're in pretty good shape. we got a double-A rating, uh, uh, Dallas double-A rating. We're in pretty good shape. We can get down, but those are pretty good ratings. The state of Texas we're running deficits, but we, we have a rainy day fund, and we're powering through this. And, and, and so we're going to be in reasonably good shape. These other places are not, and that's going to be over time. It's going to drag the economy down. And, and it, it, I, I think when this is looked at in, in the future, I, I think people are really going to see just how badly some of these big cities did, never mind the rioting and the looting, but how they basically drove themselves into bankruptcy with lockdowns in and, and coronavirus panic out there. And, and so understand, and the reason why we talk about these deficits is we're investors in the stock and bond market for our clients. We, we, we invest their retirement savings at max out savings and bondsers. And so we're very leery of, of municipal bonds. We generally have liked municipal bonds because they tend to be spread out across the country. So you've got a risk. But what we're seeing is record low rates in municipal bonds at the same time, the deficits are skyrocketing because the Fed is forced down rates. That is a really poor risk return basis when you're looking at a trillion dollars almost of deficits through 2022, and these states, uh, municipalities, and cities can't pay for it. And then I'm getting a 0.5% return. I have virtually no chance of making any money on those things once some of these defaults start hitting in some of these these places out there. A lot of these, these the, 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 uh, the, the big city democratic states have massive pension obligations. Look, these are all toast. There's no way they can hit those pension obligations with zero interest rates the Fed put in place. So you're going to see bankruptcies out there, and you want to be cautious. Where you want to be is you want to be with the winners, and you want to be investing with the winners. You want to be investing. That's Texas. That's the southern states, Georgia, places like that, uh, Oklahoma, these people, they've got their economies opened up. They're moving forward. They're getting things done. They're getting taxes coming in, and they have low debt, low debt, uh, debt ratios in, in their states. Before this happened, they had reasonably low taxes, so if they have to raise some taxes, they had the ability. That's what it is. You want to be with the winners, with the investment world. And I think this, what we're doing is we're breaking down the country between the winners and the losers, and the losers are the elite East Coast states, the in West Coast, the Democratic-controlled big cities, those guys are all in trouble. Now, you can say Texas is Houston somewhat Democrat. It's a different world down here. We're not having to sit there and spend, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars cleaning up riot debris and uh, uh, looted cities have trash that have trashed the tax base. 
like they are in other places. In Houston, everybody gets along and they work hard. It's a different mentality. So you want to, with your investments, you want to stick with those type of people when it comes to investing in municipal bonds. So we've got some other things. We've got a lot of interesting things to talk about here on the show today. If you've got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. Also, I tell you what, we're actually coming up here against a hard break. Uh, we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Saving Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Saving Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. And by the way, if you haven't gone to the website, uh, sign up for our free Max Out Savings Report. I will promise you I've got it written up. We're kind of going through it now. We will be out here this week. It's been really super busy. I uh, had to fly in and out of town uh, midweek, and, and so I'm uh, back here and uh, working away. Uh, but uh, if you need some, uh, some help, just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. You can also schedule an appointment there if you want as well, or request an appointment. We'll get you in there. So we have Joel on the line. Oh, yes. Hi, you had a question. Hi there. Uh, do you have any data on how stocks do after a stock split? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I don't have the data. The data I have seen said it doesn't make any difference. Uh, I, I think with, we, we got Tesla and Apple coming up. I think there's a lot of interest in this. My, if I had to say, I would say the buying has been coming ahead of the split. And so I think what happens is people tend to get a little excited about the stock. They really, in this case, there's an enormous interest. Uh, the the uh, I think they pushed Apple and Tesla up on the split news. I'm not convinced they're going to go up after the split. The long, but the, to, to answer your question, the long term data uh, is is that uh, they uh, it doesn't make much difference over the long term, but it does seem to give some type of, of bump when they split. Yeah, the reason I ask is because um, I know the total value doesn't change, uh, but. Psychologically, a lot of people think, oh, well, Apple's only $125 instead of $500 now. It's cheaper. Uh, psychologically, they think, okay, I'm going to buy it, even though, like, like you said, the total value is still the same. 
Um, I look at the tech yeah. uh, around 1999, you know, right before the bubble crash. Um, eBay, when they split, they went from 100 to 50, and it, like within a couple months, they went back up to 100 because a lot of people thought, hey, you know, it's half what it used to be, uh, so I'm going to buy it on sale. And I'm just wondering with Apple and, and Tesla if people psychologically are going to feel the same way. Yeah, I think, and, and to your point, what you're saying is, is they split the stock. Is let's say they split it in half, and, it, 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 and you get twice as much stock, but the price goes down, so the market cap stays the same, as you point out. But yeah, I think people in their mind think it's a better deal. I, where it tends to affect things is when there's a lot of retail interest. There's an enormous amount of the of retail interest. Robinhood traders out there, which are really dominating the market, are real interested in Apple and Tesla. So the splits have moved it up. Oftentimes, when they run up ahead of the split, then you don't see much happening after the split. I, I think it's going to be real interesting to see what happens uh, uh, on Apple on Monday, but the actual data says it doesn't make much difference. Okay, thanks. No, good, good question. There's just an enormous amount of interest in, in, in those stocks in, in the splits, but, uh, but the data says it doesn't make much difference. But when you've got this much uh, really... It, it, very similar to 1999 in the market. I, I think the two times, it's 1999 and I think 68, 69, where you really have the, the nifty 50 back in 68, 69, and now with Apple. Uh, so uh, that, that leads me into my actually next segment I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about is, is that, do we have another question or? Okay. Uh, is, the tech sector is uh, the, uh, this is a little earlier. It's higher than this, but it's twenty-seven point five percent. And if you include a couple, I'm not sure if Amazon is included in the tech sector. They moved, some of them. They moved over to the consumer uh, area in, in retail area, in, 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 but it's close twenty-seven thirty percent, which is at the high end of the S and P five hundred sector. So it, it's really dominated by technology. Uh, if you look at the other other end of that spectrum is the energy sector. Energy sector is close to 2.5% of the total S&P 500 weighting, uh, which means if you take the, the, you know, the capitalization of, of the 500 S&P 500 stocks, the 2.5% is what you get for the energy stocks. Uh, I, I heard some numbers. I want to say energy is about 7%, uh, I give or take a couple percent of, of the 7 or 9%, something like that, of the of the earnings in the S&P 500 on a typical basis. So it's very cheap. If you go back to 2008, uh, energy was 16% of the S&P 500, basically the same uh, capital, uh, same uh, sector weighting as the technology sector. Uh, you know, I bring this up. I mean, you know, we had some actually uh, – one one of the uh, groups I, I people I'm, I'm sitting on some boards and stuff. One of them they wanted to sell the Exxon stock, and, and, and look, I, I think this is the wrong time. I, I think right now there's a lot of selling in, in the energy sector. The hottest trend out there is ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance. And, and what you're running into is the the Democrats and the socialists have become incredibly effective uh, getting into corporate America. And, and, and so, corporate, you know, they're, corporate America—they're persecuting conservatives. They're, 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 you know, the Democrats want to get rid of oil and gas because we're making this change. And so, all these young portfolio managers are, are dumping the oil and gas sector. A lot of other portfolio managers want to say they sold their oil and gas or they sold their Exxon so they can be at the cocktail party and be part of the of the in crowd. You know, they're talking about you know windmills and. And everything else out there. And by the way, drive through the state of Texas and look at the tens of thousands of wind, of, 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 uh, wind, wind uh, turbines in this state, which we dominate the country in. But that's another story. But so, so they're all they're all running around giving to Black Lives Matter and corporate America or other you know social and communist groups so they can somehow feel like they're going to be part of the party. And 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 they're, and they're selling the energy stocks. It's it's. How can I say this? It's basically, it's good cocktail talk if you're in New York City to explain how you dump the energy stocks. 
It, it, and so I think this is giving a historic opportunity to buy into the energy sector. It, 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 keep in mind, everybody thinks that when you pump oil out of the GAN, it's all going into gasoline and cars. No, it's, it's going into diesel for trucks. It's going into uh, natural gas. Natural gas is used for electricity production. It's used for chemical production. With chemical feedstocks, if you go look at any Tesla and look at how much, how much uh, chemicals, how, how much plastics, how much polymer, all types of things are used in those cars. And, and, and so those are all produced from oil and gas. And so the idea of this is just all going away. And then if you sit there and actually start running some numbers on how much energy is used to power automobiles in this country and then start figuring out how much electricity would have to be replaced, you're going to have huge demand for natural gas as well. And, and so I, I think the energy sector is, is, is a really good opportunity. I mean, it is really shocking how much socialist and democratic thinking has permeated our big corporations, has permeated our, our, uh, our big institutions. We talk about Larry Fink at BlackRock. He heads up BlackRock. This guy, this guy is a plague on the state of Texas. He is a genuinely bad guy. I mean, he's the Osama bin Laden of the investment world. And, and it, what he wants to do is he specifically stated he wants to defund oil and gas and Oil and, uh, and states and cities that support the oil and gas industry. Okay, BlackRock is the largest manager of bonds, one of the largest, if not the largest, bond manager in the world. And this guy is out to defund the state of Texas and and uh, and, and defund the oil and gas, which means since he's a lender of bonds, he does not want to give money to those people to the oil and gas sector in the state of Texas. So. Somebody please explain to me why he is not as big an enemy as Osama bin Laden was to this state. It's disgraceful that what goes on with some of these people up, up in the East Coast, in New York City, in Washington, D.C. I mean, these liberals are disgusting. And I'm sorry to get upset about this, but it is incredibly uh, angering. It's upsetting to me. There are millions of jobs that depend on these on this industry, and for people to sit there and come up with this, like Larry Fink does, is a damn disgrace. Tell you what, we're going to take a break, and I'll be right back, right here on the Max Health Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. We'll be right back. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 
512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. Okay, that I've done this show for well, it's it's. We have a question, tell what. But uh, this is the first time I've ever had. I've been so irritated with someone. I've actually had to take a commercial break. And uh, but Larry Fink is just a piece of crap, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, he's an example of what's happened in corporate America, kowtowing to socialist environmental activists. And, and endangering, once defunding the oil and gas sector, millions of people's jobs depend on it in this country. And, 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 and you know, he has $7 trillion in assets that's not his money, and he, instead he acts like it is. And they need to start reining in corporate America because they are way, they've gotten way too close to the socialist in this country and the environmental activists, and it's not in the best interest of the United States. Tell what, let's take a phone call. You had a question for us. Uh, Yes, good morning, Ted. Uh, <clears throat> uh, your comments on uh, on oil and gas and all, just I, I, I caught parts of it. I, I didn't quite hear all of it. But uh, in my mind, I'm beginning to think that there really are some opportunities here. Um, I've also, you know, looked at the devastation that's occurred to our neighbors to the east, particularly in Cameron, yeah. Cameron and Lake Charles. And that, that, People need to wake up and look at that because, uh, to me, those people over there are going to be in that mode probably for several years. I mean, I, I mean, you can go to New Orleans, and to this day, parts of New Orleans, you can go in the city and still see blue tarps on the roofs. And yeah. I, I really think that for Lake Charles, I think they, they could be two to three, maybe even as long as five years out in terms of recovery. My question to you is, is uh, with respect to that area, have you heard any damage assessment of the Chenier uh, LNG export facility or the Cameron export facility in any way? Uh, looking at the aerial pictures, the, the flooding and all down there is just absolutely horrendous. And, you know, I mean, you were talking about windmills and those kind of things. Even if people down there had, had solar collectors on their roofs they would all been blown away and i mean really I, I i think you need to have a good strong energy system here and i think this is where oil and gas kind of you know it, 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 there's something to be said for having something like that that if you can bring these plants back up and running and get people you know back to to some sense of normalcy I, you know i i don't know that many of these people would be in a position to to do that if we were following a lot of this green thing stuff right now. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, no, look, I, I think that that's a good point. I mean, uh, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen uh, the, any assessments in the damage from that Chenier plant. I, those people tend to, tend to uh, plot for a pretty high uh, water surge, but, but that was an incredibly high surge of water down there. Uh, you know, I, I was actually in uh, Venice, Louisiana. I, I want to say about three months after, two or three months after Katrina, we had to go through roadblocks to get in there. It was about two months, and uh, and I was surprised that a lot of the plants were really knocked out of commission down there. This is further down the river, and so the damage can be pretty severe. So I think it could hurt them, and that could hurt natural gas prices. Uh, look, I mean, I, I think you, I think you need to sit there and and. Uh, and, and have a balance. I mean, I think you've got to have solar and wind in these different programs, and then you need oil and gas because oil and gas is is is, is a remarkably resilient thing. Because let me give an example: everything is probably shut is shut down in Louisiana now, but we have the stuff in Texas is still doing well. So there's redundancies. Uh, we had a situation a couple uh, years back where the, where the wind just quit blowing in in central Texas for about a month or so. And if you're if you know if you're running fifty sixty percent of your of your electricity capacity just on wind, you're in trouble. And so uh, 
I think there needs to be a balance. I mean, it's a tough situation down. That looked really bad. I mean, I was when I saw those wins, I didn't I didn't think that was going to be that bad, and all of a sudden it just kind of blew up uh, out there and then kind of unexpectedly. And fortunately, it went through quickly, but it just did an enormous amount of damage. Well, it, <clears throat> the 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 other thing to consider is is uh, when you see countries like China trying to move into Africa and make a strong presence in there, you still see the problems over there in Venezuela uh, with their oil and gas situation. To me, this this looks, I mean, it looks like a screaming opportunity if, if once you can get the right governments in there. I mean, in terms of opportunities, in terms of energy and all, uh, this is something that, you know, really, as, as Mr. Buffett would say, you know, you really want to be buying when there's distress prices. Uh, I, I don't think I would be putting money yeah, into... Yeah, that's exactly I, I, right. I don't think I would be wanting to put money into Tesla or Apple or any of these things. These things, I think, are way above and beyond. I think for those that got in at the early stage, I mean... You know they've done well, but but I think any new money, uh, I, I wouldn't be putting any new money in any of these things. I would be looking for opportunities, and I think the opportunities that I think most people are missing are going to be in the energy sector. There are a lot of good, sound companies out there, and honestly, I, th- I still say that I think that the logical progression in terms of maybe if if first of all, if people believe in this in the CO2 climate change business, uh, a logical progression would be towards hydrogen. And I think, you know, the ease with which to retrofit gasoline stations to hydrogen stations or CNG or something is a lot easier to do and would be almost almost a seamless, transparent transition than trying to do something above and beyond. I mean, even the electric cars, you're still going to need oil and gas. Oil and gas, yeah, yeah. Still, oil and gas, you still need even for the plastic because uh, you know you go into a typical hospital. I mean, you've seen it with the COVID stuff and all. You know the 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 ventilators. Every there's so much plastic that's involved. If you're just lying in bed in a hospital. All that's got to come from oil and gas. You know, you're not going to have. Yeah, yeah, no, that's just it. That's what I'm trying to say. Is is the, the, I, I think people are really misinterpreting uh, this oil and gas situation, and I, and I agree with you completely on that. I, it's uh, look at looking at the at the sector. Everybody is selling it out right now. Uh, it's a it's a fashionable thing to do. It's not going away. Look at your computer. Look how much plastics in your computer. And exactly. It's everywhere out there. So yeah, I agree. Oh, and by the way, final thing is. There's still hundreds of thousands of people without electricity over there. How far is their electric car going to get once it runs out of power and they can't recharge it? Excellent point. Excellent point. Thanks for your insight, Ted. That, no, good. Good call. Look, I mean, I, that's, I, I think that's what you're looking at. I mean, I'll run through the numbers again on, on the energy sector. Right now, the, 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 the energy sector is about 2.5% of the S&P, 2.5%, It jumped up somewhere in there, maybe 27 uh, this from a couple of days ago, but a percent of the S&P 500. Tech, uh, th- I got this number, it's about a month old. It's 27.58%. It's probably closer to 30% right now of, of, of the, uh, maybe 28% of, of the of the S&P 500. That doesn't include Apple in that, or uh, excuse me, Amazon, not Apple, Amazon. It doesn't include Amazon, I believe. It, it, and, and so everybody is investing in that tech sector, Everybody is dumping the oils. They don't want them. It's the worst performing sector this year. You can get very good dividends on, on in the energy sector right now. If you look over the long term, when, you, when you've got the 10-year Treasury yielding at 0.6-something percent, virtually nothing, you've got record low yield, the energy sector offers opportunity. If you go, okay, Tad, I think it's going to be outlawed soon. Okay, we heard the same thing from the from the tobacco. Okay, let's take their saying that everyone's going to be getting cars and that'll be it for the energy sector. Look what happened to the to the tobacco sector. The the tobacco sector 25 20 25 years ago everyone thought for sure uh, cigarettes going to be outlawed and banned and that was it. Those stocks quadrupled over that time frame of Philip Morris uh the cigarette stocks quadrupled they still went up. So even if you assume What's going to happen? Look, a couple things are going to happen. If there's a drop in oil and gas prices, 
the oil and gas sector in this country is going to be protected. They're going to put tariffs on oil coming in here. So, so oil that's here in, in the Texas, in, in, in the United States is going to be, it's going to be a better value. They're also going to sit there. You're going to see more consolidation in the industry. I think you're going to see some major restructuring of the big oil companies here over the next six months. I think it'll be even less than that, personally. And they're going to be restructurings. They're going to, they're going to right-size it so these companies can make money, unfortunately. But I don't think oil and gas is going away. And the thing that upsets me is it's these people like Larry Fink and these portfolio managers, and they're all a bunch of damn Democrats and, uh, and socialists. And they're so – I mean, I think we have to start accepting that a lot of these people are socialists. And, and they, you know, they go to Davos and, you know, with the New World Order telling them what to do, and the oil and gas sector gets trashed in there. And I, think it, I don't think it's right. I think it's one of the biggest wealth creators in the United States has been oil and gas. It's one of the biggest uh, paycheck uh, producers for, for American workers is in the oil and gas sector. And the oil and gas sector, unlike a lot of sectors, a person with a high school degree become, can become a multimillionaire in that sector with not too much trouble, it, with, with a little luck. And, and, you know, go try to do that in, in technology, and it, it's pretty darn hard. And, and you got to be really smart. To, and so I, I think these, the, we should try to protect these industries, and I think that it's, it's an opportunity. I think it's a great investment opportunity right now, without a doubt. I mean, it's absurd. Two and a half percent of the S&P 500 in tech is nearly 30 percent. Uh, and again, a lot of this has to do with political correctness. Uh, all these portfolio managers are dumping the oil and gas sector because they want to look good for their portfolio managers. They're going out and buying Nike instead. You know, Nike's, Nike's you know, politically correct. It's a great, you know, they're doing everything right. You, you know, they're kneeling for the flag. They're putting up Nike commercials about that and everything, kneeling, you know, kneeling uh, during the national anthem. Okay, well, let, let's take a look at Nike. Where's Nike headquartered? Beaverton, Oregon. Where's Beaverton, Oregon? Oh, it's right in the middle of, of Portland, Oregon. Where do they have the worst protesters in the United States? Portland, Oregon, which happens to be Nike's headquarters. What a coincidence because these people are all radicals at these companies like Nike. They're a bunch of damn socialists. So anyway, uh, but uh, if you have any questions or comments, particularly about savings and investments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. And uh, let's see here. I'm kind of on a roll today. I actually uh, had to go pick someone up and drive them back, so I spent about 13 hours in the car yesterday, and I think it's showing a little bit. But uh, but, but this is, I mean, this is what I, I believe. I think we have to kind of stand up for what we believe in this country. I, I, I think that was made crystal clear this week at the convention, the, the difference between the two parties. But, uh, but it, what, they're do, what they're doing is having, the Democrats is having an effect. We talked about uh, the, the, earlier in the show, 500 projections by 20, June 2022 which is, you know, it's less than two years away. They're projecting $555 billion in deficits at state. A lot of these companies are locked down. $360 billion with cities, almost a trillion dollars in, in deficits. This is going to be long-term problems because of the coronavirus, particularly in the Democratic areas. But, hey, I think we've got a call coming. you have a question for us? Hey, Ted, Hello? this is Chuck. I have a question. Uh, I've noticed that... Uh, Dollar is starting to fall, and I was thinking that uh, I wonder if they're doing it intentionally because it's going to make our oil and gas cheaper and some of our exports. Um, and what do you see as a target like for the euro? Okay, that's a great question. I, I don't really haven't really looked at that. I, I, I think the dollar is going to drop another ten to fifteen percent overall. And uh, let me see if I can I'll pull up a chart on that. Uh, the but what, to your point, that's another thing that's going to benefit the oil and gas sector is, is a declining dollar. Hold on just Yeah, I've, I've heard the politician Trump mention that, and uh, uh, it seems like it's uh, something you want to have happen. And what would you see as a price target for gold and silver? Because they seem to be very uh, um, attuned to the, the dollar. Okay, yeah, that's the... 
the the short answer there is uh, for gold and silver, I think silver goes to $35 an ounce. Uh, and then we'll have to see. It, it, it's tough on that one. My original target was 27.30, and then it blew right up to hit 30 or close to it and came back down. Uh, I, I think gold, you're looking at $23, $2,400 an ounce. And, and it could go a lot higher if we get a currency uh, crisis of some type, maybe not with the dollar, but maybe with another country, which I think is going to happen. And then you could see it go much higher. Uh, it, it, and uh, but Does that answer the question? Yeah, thank you very much, Ted. Okay, yeah, th- I want to kind of expand this. This is a good question. Look, Ben Bernanke this week gave his talk at uh, Jackson Hole. The uh, I think it might have been a video conference. Once a year, the, the Fed governors get together in Jackson Hole. They cut, This is when they really, uh, a lot of their longer-term policies bubble up, and they, they present papers on them. And they also typically meet with other central bankers around the world. They all fly into Jackson Hole. And a lot of big changes happen. Well, uh, the, the, uh, Chairman Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, came out, and he said, look, we're going to try to let inflation run hotter. We want to try to get uh, the economy going. We want to have full employment, and we're going to let inflation run above 2%. Now, over the last, uh, since since March, uh, February, late February, March, the money supply has gone up about 18%. Uh, I think that's the M2. That's the biggest jump on record for money supply, massive injections of money. The Fed has borrowed three, have, has, has, printed $3 trillion out of thin air to, to buy bonds and, and to build up their balance sheet, which is a huge move. Uh, we've been doing about $2.3, $2.4 trillion worth of, of additional government spending. They want to do another trillion or more. So there's you know maybe $3.3, $3.5 trillion plus $3 trillion at the Fed. This is very inflationary. It's going to be inflationary. So I think, I think gold and silver... It, it, they 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 sold down some. I think I don't think they're going to go down much. I kind of thought if the market was going to pull back, I think gold and silver were going to pull back. But I do believe that that what we're looking at is is. Let me see if I can pull up the chart on the gold here. I I, I think these these things are going to go higher because they're this is going to be inflationary. How are they going to stop the printing of the money? We just talked about it. And I, I was just talking about the federal government. We're just talking about another trillion dollars in deficits over the next two years from the states and municipalities. Where's the money going to come from? It's going to be inflation. And so this is the thing I think you have to plan for. The do- that's going to push the dollar lower. If you look at it, we've got rates close to zero, but if they're going to take inflation to over 2%, that means you got a negative 2%. You actually have negative real rates is what you have now, and they're probably more negative than people realize. This is why the dollar is is, is starting to drop in here. The, a, a declining dollar is good for – it's not real good for technology because they export a lot. It, it's, not, it's not real good for, for a lot of the retailers or the consumer products companies because they're importing stuff from overseas, and they have to pay more because the dollar went down. It's good for the commodity stocks. It's good for the oil and gas sector, which is a commodity. Uh, it's good for the farm sector. It, it's, uh, it's, strangely, it's good for the financials. And this is another sector that's almost as cheap. The financials in the oil and gas sector are kind of vying for who's the cheapest out there. On uh, S&P 500 weighting, it's very clearly the oil sector, but they're cheap too. Now you go, well, Ted, why is, why is the, uh, the, does the financial sector benefit from a declining dollar? Because they're all here in the United States. Well, they don't do anything overseas. When the answer is because the declining dollar tends to push up interest rates, and a rising interest rates helps out the financial sector. Uh, these low zero rates have really hurt the financial sector, so it's cheap. So, I do think one of the big trends is the declining dollar in here, I, I, and I think that's starting to pay off. You're starting to see the shift into, into the oil and gas sector now. I think it's an opportunity, and I wanted to kind of just mount somewhat of a defense of the sector because it's just it's appalling. And a lot of this is 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 this is this liberal elite thinking out there that we're all going to be driving electric cars and in 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 running around. Uh, you know, I'm doing, I don't, you know, having the new, you know, moving Washington to, uh, evidently to Davos or something. And, 
and this new world order crowd, and and, and they have permeated and it's infected the financial sec, uh, disintermediaries out there. It's the money managers, these portfolio managers, the mutual fund managers. Uh, we talked about Larry Fink at BlackRock. I mean, these people, they, they have drank the Kool-Aid the, uh, of, of, of environmentalism and, and socialism, and, and, and so they're coming after the oil and gas sector. So I think this creates an opportunity for you to make money, and I think this is a good sector. I think you can get good dividends. We're looking to expand into the sector. It's been one of the worst performing this year, so I think it's an opportunity. So we really wanted to kind of bring that up. Uh, what else do we have here? The, uh, yeah, the uh, Jackson Hole thing, again, the Fed is going to let things run hot. Look, remember the guns and butter of the 1960s? That was where we fought the war in Vietnam, and we tried to do a lot of, uh, of you know, the, the, uh, the, the uh, so, not social engineering, but the new great society under Lyndon Johnson. It resulted in, in inflation. It, re- it, it resulted in a massive surge in uh, gold and silver prices. Uh, and uh, remember, uh, the hunts tried to corner the silver market, and the uh, it resulted in you know, 10% rates in treasury bonds. And, and so all of these things, you know, are starting to come up past. I, I'm not saying they're going to happen right away, but I do think clearly inflation is going up. And, and I, I think you've got to be, uh, uh, I think you've got to sit there and, and start planning for it. And basically, Wall Street now, right now, is not planning. You know, they're 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 into the, you know, everything is going to be run by the tech sector. And I'm not, you know, convinced this is going to be the case at all. So anyway, something to think about, uh, financials too. I think there's some, there's some possibility with financials. A couple quick things. Look, the conventions are done. Typically we're a, a remember, we're a month behind schedule right now after the conventions. Those should have been done a month ago. This election's coming up very quickly. Again, we think there's going to be volatility. The market is very, very expensive in a lot of stocks out there. When you start seeing the huge surges like Salesforce jumping up 25% in a day, you have to be a little careful. And you want to kind of watch out in here. Uh, I think you still want to run. You want to be in this market. You want to be participating. But you also want to have cash levels a little higher. Something to think about. You want to be careful when you're writing about this in the Max Out Savings Report. We'll see you next week right here in the Max Out Savings Show. Until then, remember our motto and philosophy, which is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer.